one week out. 53-man rosters set. Have we made your podcast bubble cut down for the season? Ah, we fit lovely in special teams. This is the push-off. of the Push-Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show. It discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always is... Dan, I ain't living on no practice squad salary, right? (laughs) That's right, Dan. Yeah, we are recording this now, getting into our usual swing of things for the NFL season, right after cut-down day, um, where... Every team needs to assign their 53-man roster. So we're sitting there in that bubble of a lot of guys without jobs. Uh, they, A lot of these guys will get other chances, other places. They're going to get practice squad locations. Mm-hmm. But what happens now, Dan? Kind of help out the layman's. Help out us uh, just usual sports Well, fans. so there's, there's two <laughs> things that happen now. Um, first things first. Your 53-man roster, everybody goes, oh, man, that's awesome. I made the 53. But there's a lot of people that got cut that might be better than you at their particular position. So there is a chance that even though you made the 53, you really only made the 45. Um, That's kind of a better way to think about what's happening right now. Um, Sometimes you'll see a name that gets cut in here, and you're like, Really? They cut that guy? I thought he was going to be good for us. If he is a vested veteran, so if he's got more than four years uh, accrued time in the NFL, he can actually go uh, get cut, and he's not subject to waivers. So no one puts a claim on him. He can't be claimed. He just enters immediately, becomes a free agent. And when something like that happens, you actually can basically say to the guy, hey, man, just sit on the couch for like a week. You you know, you can't be in the facility. we got to cut you. But we're probably not going to clean your locker out. Because we just need to make a bunch of different moves, send a couple guys to you know injured reserve, send a couple guys to the pup list, um, and once we do that, we'll be able to bring you back in because we'll have freed up some roster spots. Now that's probably two or three guys per team. On the other hand, there's another like five to six guys that probably made the team, but in all actuality, um, they're just there because there's nobody better on the waiver wire. So you're still going to see movement of like four to five guys on your team that are going to get cut between now and the beginning of the season. Yeah. You got the practice squad signings, which start tomorrow, right? It's like tomorrow morning. So between now, like currently as we're talking, is this the time to sign the players that were cut by another team? Let's say you're the Panthers and you want to get that – you know, front, uh, your, your defensive front a little better, and you notice the Browns cut somebody you want. Do you go sign him now? So you sign him now. Um, if okay. he's subject Waiver to waivers. Um, if he's okay. a street-free agent, you can also, you know, bring him in. But the practice squad is 16 dudes now. 
So there's right. a pretty good chance you got to be. Yeah. Nobody's gonna signing them for your fifty. Yeah. Nobody's going to be going like, oh, I would love to make uh, a practice squad over a fifty-three man roster anywhere. Fifty-three man roster. Even if you're like, dude, I might not hold on for like more than two weeks on this fifty-three man roster. Still, yeah. still do it because the money's just so much better. Um, even okay. as like a, a bare bones entry level guy, like you know, rookie minimum, it's fucking good. Uh, being on an NFL roster is way better than being on the practice squad. But for a lot of these guys, since there's 16 guys on the practice squad, you're never going to sniff an NFL roster if you're like guy number 16 on the practice squad. So some of these guys have been cut and released with the idea of like, hey, if you clear waivers, we'd love to bring you back. If you don't clear waivers, that means you made somebody else's 53. Yeah, there you, you know, go. there's probably only about five guys per team that when they get cut are even in the conversation about uh, being signed by another team automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we're in an interesting spot of the season. Unfortunately, it's a bummer spot for a lot of players. Uh, this cut thing, you know, more players here losing their their jobs than the players making the multi million dollar deals. That's the unfortunate truth of this job that uh some of these kids come out you know shoot for for their whole lives we talked about how practice squad has gotten a little Mm -hmm. better since especially covid they've changed the rules where you can pull you up and throw you in a game now a whole lot easier than the past so there's that option there's that silver lining to that gray cloud but yeah there's some of these guys that maybe they're uh you know, the dreams ended today, and that's Well, DK Metcalf actually had a great post on uh, on Instagram where he's like, for everybody that's like, oh, man, cut down day, like, how exciting. There's guys that are getting cut that are never, ever going to put on an NFL uniform again. You know, we talked about it. There's 16 guys on the practice squad, right? There's cut. You're cutting 30-plus dudes. You know, there's two or three guys, four or five guys that may never, ever even get invited to another training camp, they may, this might be the closest they ever, ever got after years and years. And we talk about it like, you know, eight years, nine years, 10 years of playing ball, working for just this. And you get into training camp and that's it. You know, you come in as a rookie, somebody yeah. who doesn't see potential in you. And, you know, you know, what do you do? Do you stick around, work out, go to the Canadian league, go to another league? Um, but yeah, for a lot of these guys, this is the last time. This is maybe the first and last time they're ever going to see an NFL uniform or NFL play. And for a lot of these guys, you know, maybe Colt McCoy, you know. Is Colt McCoy going to want to sign on another team, or is maybe this a sign that it's end? It's the end for him? Um, That's a good you know. segue. I wanted to kind of get to your opinion or thoughts or throw out some names of surprises cuts. Colt McCoy was one of the first ones that I think we got an alert about. Arizona Cardinals, who... Uh, uh, Listen, Kyler Murray's not going to be ready the beginning of the season, right? PUP list, so at least the first four games yeah. um, we'll see. So that leaves them starting quarterbacks. Uh, Clayton Toon, who's a rookie, fifth-round pick, and Joshua Dobbs, who they just traded for a week ago. So, yeah, I mean, since the last time we spoke to you, that happened. So there you go, Arizona Cardinals. That's what you're throwing out there for at least the first four well, weeks. Well, that's the interesting thing, right, is you go, all right, if you look at Colt McCoy and you go, okay, what's he going to do? He's going to win us a couple games, but he doesn't move the needle at all. Doesn't move it anywhere, right? I joked and say David Blau. David Blau played most of the game against the uh, Vikings. He's sure. come off a couple teams, practice squads, and up 
gotten a lot of playing time and stuff. He was waived today. So it's like, nope, not him yeah, either. There's not a lot of so it's gonna be not a lot of guys. It's gonna be Dobbs, isn't it? Uh, for four yeah, games. I think it probably will be. Um they the Cardinals are obviously rebuilding. You know, we know they're rebuilding. Whether whatever they're going to do with Kyler Murray, we're going to find that uh, that out a little bit later. But they're clearly rebuilding. A guy like Colt McCoy, we think about him as a veteran, but he's a veteran who knew a completely different system. You know, this is not yeah. the same Cardinals as as was here last year. So he's coming in, learning a new offensive system. If Clayton Toon has picked it up a little bit better, if Josh Dobbs is more familiar with it, and you go, okay, well, one of these guys is in his mid to late twenties, the other guy's in his thirties. You know, Colt McCoy is my mm-hmm. age. So that becomes an, a point of contention where you go, okay, well, I, I don't think he's worth the money, you know, and we definitely can't keep him for week one because if you're a veteran and you're on the roster week one, that guarantees your uh, your money for the rest of the year. So that's the other thing people yeah. forget is if you're on the bubble, you go, okay, are we really going to keep this guy all year? Because if we're not, let's get rid of him. You start looking at numbers. Yeah, you start, yeah, you start looking at how much they count towards stuff. Yeah. True. So yeah. you start looking at the numbers, you start making business decisions, which a lot of these guys that did get cut that were vested veterans, some of these are just business decisions. Sure, you might have outplayed somebody, but did you outplay him enough to be worth four times what he's worth? And I think a lot of these answers, the answer is no. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else you want to say before we move uh, on? Bailey Zappi. Cuts. Bailey Zappi, that's you know, right. This was a, Got a couple of games in New England. Yeah, this was a conversation last year where it was like, is it, Mac, is it Mac Jones? Is it Bailey? Is it which, which one is it? This kind of ended any quarterback controversy there's going to be in New England. Um, I, and a little surprising, you know, you'd want to keep a pretty young guy on the team, but apparently he's had a terrible offseason has really regressed. So you feel for the guy, but I hope he gets a, an, op, an opportunity somewhere else. But he is actually subject to waivers. So somebody might be very interested yeah. to take a guy like Bailey Zappi and you know, see what else they can do with him. I feel like that too. Yeah. Let's see which, you know, what teams did he light up last week, year? Let's see if they don't bring him and go, listen, what did you do to us? How do you do that again? Um, let me use this as a segue. One of the most exciting places, uh, parts to watch of the cut down day is on hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we're going to get it this year, Hard Knocks with the New York Jets, but that is something we didn't bring up last week and something that we haven't talked about since returning. Um, we haven't been on the uh, the airways as it is uh, for the last month to two months. And if you were like us, you needed something to scratch that NFL itch, something that did uh, fill the void that the push-up podcast did not, wasn't there for you. And, well, oh, boy, this wasn't a bad off season for that. There was some good stuff. So I kind of want to hit on the stuff we got in the meantime. Um, Netflix quarterback came out in the meantime. We see the behind-the-scenes of the 2022 season with Patrick Mahomes, my boy Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, and uh, Marcus Mariota. Any thoughts on the show, Dan? Uh, Wonderful. If you weren't a Kirk Cousins fan before that show, I don't know how you couldn't be a Kirk Cousins fan afterwards. He just is the most earnest, hardworking dude. Um, you know, we always talk about he's clearly top 15 in terms of quarterback. Probably not top 10. Nobody's arguing that he's top 20. He definitely is top 20. But you see the work the guy puts in. You see how much football means to him. And you see how, like, all in the family is. And then you see, and you and I are, you know, young fathers. not Maybe not young men, but, you know, young in the fathering. And uh, right. there you go. That's a good way. The ability that. to go, wow, today it sucked at work. 
and no one at home cares because I'm a dad and I have to go be a dad and I don't get to, you know, suffer the fact that I had this horrible playoff loss that's been following my whole career. I just got to go be a dad for a little bit, man. I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, and then watching Patrick Mahomes, who is clearly the best quarterback in the NFL right now. You know, it's not even really mm-hmm. close. Um, and his wife, who I just, she didn't turn me around on her. I just still don't like her. <laughs> I feel bad for Patrick there Mahomes. Was it's like, I kind of wanted my wife to get a little bit of positive uh, energy, and the answer is just no. No one likes her. She was, she was just. She, she comes off a lot like Pat Mahomes. That she's just as competitive, just as fiery. That's what I took from that. Um, what's interesting is the choice of the three or the three guys that they had. Um, talk about. He's like, well, you got Pat Mahomes, the top tier of the top tier. You got Kirk Cousins, that bubble type of guy, and then you got Marcus Mariota, the guy who's been kind of fighting for a position there. Um, but on the other side of it, you got Mahomes and, and Mariota who were first-round draft mm-hmm. picks who were uh, touted guys coming out Top of college. Picks. And Kirk Cousins who were, yeah. Cousins has kind of had to fight his uh, position his whole career. I mean, now he's getting paid very nicely. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure a couple bad throws in games he he fixes. But it's still a thing he's had to fight. And you can see that come through with his personality and his on edge just kind of losing and stuff. But, man, what a fun season to relive for that that was a blast um and i so i enjoyed that immensely i hear that they're trying to come back for a second season so we gonna be exciting to watch this season and see which <laughs> which quarterbacks would be I, a fun i can to tell watch. you exactly who's been signed up for it okay uh, yeah who are the guys the i three? can tell you after watching that josh allen is like fucking me come get me yeah that that makes sense i'd love to watch oh, yeah josh it'd be allen. great um, I can tell you that with 100% certainty, Jerry Jones has brought Dak Prescott in and been like, uh, Dak, uh, I believe, uh, now Rain, because I assume he calls him Rain. It's now Rain. <laughs> I, I, de- I just decided that uh, uh, the boys at Netflix want to uh, come watch it. Um, and so we put him in the shower <laughs> with you. Uh, they're going to watch <laughs> the shower. And uh, <laughs> sure. I, want you to, I want you to give him the, the, the full cowboy treatment. Uh, I like the showers is one syllable. Shower. We're going to get you in the shower. Uh, (laughs) So I just imagine that Jerry's like, I saw that uh, there were eyeballs on it, and I like eyeballs. I like good eyeballs (laughs) uh, watching these Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so he's got some deal with a specific organization, you know. So if it's not Netflix, then it's not. No, no, it's. Are you talking about the Devil Prime? That's. Is yeah, that the, the devil. Is that the uh, institution that he's very familiar with? That's the institution. So whoever the devils sign up with, which does seem like Prime. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that would be Amazon Prime. But uh, no, and I think your your third one is probably, it's another mid-guy fighting for a roster. Um, I actually think Derek Carr is a bit too established for something like that. I know that sounds weird <laughs> that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Derek Carr is probably, you know, uh, too high up in the upper echelon. Um but I can definitely see a guy like Jared Goff as well, like um, who isn't really the most fiery, emotional sort of guy, but he's on a fun team. Um, you sure. know, I can see those three guys. I would not be surprised to see those three guys. Goff's had to do the camera a couple times, right? Didn't he do Hard Knocks Rams and Hard Knocks he did Lions? Both, yeah, Hard Knocks Rams. He did yeah, not come so across real well in Hard Knocks Rams. Be... Came across much better in Hard Knocks Lions. Wow. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's grown up a little bit, yeah. Um, we talk about Hard Knocks, the Jets. That's still ongoing. We'll get to see... We'll see what we get to see of the cuts. They already said that Robert Sal has been against showing that stuff, so we'll see how much they want to even put on the tape. But um, the, uh, la- the, f- the first, what, three episodes haven't been bad so far. Um, and then we, you and me both watched that untold Johnny Manziel. Oh, Johnny Manziel. Somewhat interesting, fun to, to jump back to what it was, that that draft and stuff. Um, man, uh, your Cowboys, did you think they were going to be that close to taking them? I mean, it seemed like it was, Well, if not the Cowboys, who? No, I, I really didn't, because if you got to remember at that time, Tony Romo was still a pretty established starter, you know, where mm-hmm. you go like, I, I could definitely see them taking Johnny Manziel in the top of the second round or like late first, like coming back in and getting Johnny Manziel. But at 16, it was like, I don't know. That guy's got a second-round grade, man. Stay away. Um, of course it was the fucking Browns. Uh, just a terrible, poorly run organization has been for decades. <sighs> um, but I, I was never really worried about the Cowboys drafting him. Um, yeah, I mean, I I did not love the Zach Martin pick when we made it. Uh, what a fucking fool I was for not being in love with us drafting a Hall of Fame player. Um but yeah, you could almost see that the whole of the NFL kind of figured out what he was, and the Browns were like, fuck it, we just need excitement. Um, and they took True. him way, way too high. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And they threw him in there, and that's kind of what the thing was almost about. That and his party guys, I don't know. And also the fact that, like, you one. know Reggie Bush is watching that shit being like, that motherfucker still gets a Heisman? What are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Like, if I'm Reggie Bush, I'm I'm taking the NCAA, and I think he actually did sue the NCAA for defamation uh, very recently. Yeah, that just happened. That just happened. I'd be doing yeah. the same OJ shit. OJ still has his. Oh yeah, OJ still has his Heisman. OJ so has his. What do we? Johnny yeah, Manziel has his. He's admitting to it in public that he took fucking money. It's also now legal to take name and license. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why I think. Yeah. Reggie's going to get something. Well, here, it's, so that's probably good. It's time. fucking bizarre. I mean, they might be like, hey, listen, we're not going to reinstate your season. We're not going to reinstate the national championship, but we will give you back your Heisman. And I think everybody can kind of live with that, you know? Yeah. They have to. I mean, after so many years, you got to do something to appease and move on. Um, I guess so. The only other thing in NFL stuff, I found a Roku behind the scenes thing of the NFL draft. It, I think you can get to that stuff for free. You just download a Roku app, make your make your password if you want that. And then myself personally, I don't know if you guys are watching it, but Dorktown on YouTube, the history of the Minnesota Vikings is coming out once it's a week pretty right good. now. Um, it is, and they, they're doing a very good job. They've already gotten through from uh, 1961's. Uh, introduction of the vikings to uh night through night the 70s so uh or no through the 80s excuse me through the 80s they would start tomorrow or this tonight i guess as our recording coming out with the 1990s which is when i as a kid joined this uh unfortunate <laughs> organization and franchise so can't wait to relive all that again with them but no they're doing a real good job they really tie into it and you know it leads me i'm talking to my dad and my brother and stuff about this stuff and they're like um, I think my dad was like, they must really be fans of them. I was like, I don't think they are. I think they're just that good at like tying themselves to the oh, misery yeah. for what it is right now. I, I think it's possible to, I mean, as someone who has enjoyed the Vikings stories, uh, without being a mm-hmm. Vikings fan, the Vikings are a fun organization 
just because they are there's a ton of history they're very midwestern but they don't have nearly the they have the success of a packers and a bears without the championships you know so they're in this weird limbo where they are one of the premier teams in the NFL without a super bowl in a division with like two perennial powerhouses and a laughing stock you know i mean mm. you could make the suggestion that the bears have not been a perennial power for a while but uh you know historical power sorry and they should be considered a historical power they're one of the winningest teams of the 20th century um and have just carried right along ever since then there you go um okay so let's uh let's move on from there uh watch that stuff if you guys haven't had a chance to most of this is all streaming and you can just pull it up at any time um if you need something for this next week and basically just week before we're kicking off. That's all you need. That's all you need to get through. Um, Dan, let's talk about the fresh new quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Trey Lance. Trey Lance got traded over to um, from the 49ers after the Niners named that he would have been quarterback three, that uh, Sam Darnold, who got picked up, is going to sit behind Brock Purdy as number two. Uh, Trey Lance gets moved to the Cowboys for fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, your initial thoughts. What do you think? Uh, I think I, I was texting you when this came over, and I was like, I hope they didn't give up a fourth, but they probably gave up a fourth. If they gave up a fifth, mm-hmm. I would have been ecstatic. The fact that they gave up a fourth, I was like, ah, fine. And generally, that's the indication that a good deal occurred. If both sides are kind of unhappy, like... Um, I'm sure the 49ers were more than happy to get rid of the problem that was Trey Lance, Um, you know, just sticking in the locker room. They knew it was always going to be a question. And the Cowboys effectively get this thing I've always talked about, a scheme fit backup, right? That is a scheme fit backup. That is a guy that can move a little better than Cooper Rush. um, And he's also a young project. So the Cowboys now, in my mind, have a good backup quarterback situation. You've got a veteran backup. You've got a developmental player, and then in the developmental player, you have a scheme fit backup, even though your veteran backup is not necessarily a scheme fit. I'm fine with that shit. Yep. And as we, you know, San Francisco proved you need three quarterbacks. Um, so who's there going to be their third quarterback in that setup? We'll have to see. Um, He's 24. We, uh, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Trey Lance is very young. Sorry, so 23. One thing that 23. Was, that's. That's easy to do is recall back and say, well, what, what did Dan Wright think of him prior him becoming a Dallas Cowboy? What do you think of him even coming into the league? Well, folks, Push Up Podcast uh, published on March first, twenty twenty one, the episode, the young tall blonde. Uh, revisiting this, my wife's like, why are you listening to something called the young tall blonde? Well, <laughs> when I put it on and it was my own voice, she just rolled her eyes and continued on with her day. <laughs> you mad um, narcissist. This is our uh, deep dive of the quarterbacks coming into the draft that, uh, you know, in the next couple of, well, at the end of that next month. Yeah, March. Um, Dan uh, did his rankings for this one. Um, he put number one, obviously, Trevor The Lawrence. young, tall he blonde. Above, yeah, the young, tall blonde himself. He put him above and beyond number one. Uh, we talked about him being in little packets, little groups. Uh, the second group was number two, Zach Wilson, and number three, Justin mm-hmm. Fields. I hold by those rankings. So far that's, Zach Wilson's had trouble. I think so far that's hanging true, yeah. So far that's hanging pretty yeah. true. The next group... 
Number four, Mac Jones. Five, Trey Lance. Trey Lance getting a second round grade mm-hmm. from Dan. Um, from that point, you did not say a lot of nice things about him. His accuracy was throw about a window or throw to where a guy was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very mobile. The guy's got a lot of uh, um, athleticism, but he hasn't played much, and a lot of things are unknown, and he needs to sit and maybe figure things out. Uh, one of the things I said about him, which is evidently true is this is a guy with not a lot of film not a lot of snaps he's going to need to be developed but he's got all the physical tools needed to be a successful quarterback in the NFL yep and so to get a guy like that with you know 6 foot 4 225 roughly Donald Trump size you know we're looking at a guy <laughs> <laughs> moving yeah. on uh we're looking at a guy that's like, okay, you actually get a chance at 23 years old. You've been in Kyle Shanahan's offensive system, which is a brilliant system. You're going to go to Mike McCarthy's offensive system. Mike McCarthy, very good offensive coach. Um, if you can't get it together, you're now in a situation where there's no pressure. You're basically on a two-year deal. You're the backup this year. We're only paying him a million dollars this year. We're paying about $5 million next year. It's not terrible for a guy that might actually you know, have it if we can you know, get a hold of him. Um, yeah. It's a no-pressure situation for $6 million bucks over two years. That's not terrible. I would have loved to keep the fourth-round pick and maybe move it for a fifth or a sixth, but it is what it is, and I'm perfectly happy to have a developmental scheme fit backup here at the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, fifth or sixth. So you're saying that that idea of him being a second-round talent, that wasn't – you're saying that wasn't correct is what no, I'm No, no, no. I, I that still hold true. that he, is a, he was a second-round <laughs> talent, but – when you draft a guy in the second round, you've got four years of team control, right? Uh, Minimum, sorry, four years of team control. We lost the team control loss yeah. has cost him. Yeah, some so we lost the team control nice. of two years, which means it's not worth a second round grade. But I can see like a fifth or a fourth, you know, a late fourth okay. at best. We got the fourth. Which I guess we'll find yeah. out. Hopefully, that fourth is thirty-two in the fourth round. This is what you know. I think it's fair. We hold our feet to the fire. We recall our uh, our our votes. You know, this stuff's on tape, folks. You want to go back and listen to it. It's on really bad oh, God, audio. That was that tape. was in the middle of COVID. I I regret. We did. We both went back and listened to it and said, like, oh, that was a uh, recording through a FaceTime call. Something real bad. It just happened in there. We yeah. both decided after we didn't that, have, we're like, we've got to upgrade our fucking sound situation. Which yeah, which now. No. Sounds wonderful. Crisp and clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The only other trades is uh, there was two k- kicker trades, straight up kicker trades today, Dan. Will Lutz mm-hmm. going to the Broncos, reuniting with uh, Sean Payton and his bright red face. <laughs> and then Nick Folk going to the Titans from the Patriots. Yeah, they need some help. I, there were a couple interesting trades. The Dallas Cowboys had one too um, with. Uh, Kelvin Joseph and uh, Noah Igbohene, um, okay, both getting traded for each other, um, which both guys underperformed their positions. Both guys were like kind of on the bubble about whether or not they were going to get cut. Um, Fresh location, yeah. So it's again. like okay, that's fine. We're basically you know squandered talent for squandered talent. I'm fine with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the kicker trades were very interesting. Will Lutz, you know, they didn't give up a ton for Will Lutz. But it is interesting that Peyton's like, nah, fuck this. Because <laughs> get Brett Maher out of my face. I want a guy that I know can kick in pressure situations. Give me Will Lutz. Uh, Will Lutz 
I'm pretty sure it was him hit a 60 some yeah. yarder against us in London this year. Uh, Nick Folk has had games where he's the only guy scoring for the Patriots. So yeah, these might be guys, you know, guys that they miss because you know, steady kickers, uh, good percentage kickers are gold in the yeah. NFL. Hey, let me tell you. <laughs> um, what are you talking then, about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um. A guy that uh, it, it, it's not going to make a lot of uh, uh, shockwaves, but this is somebody that we've talked about a lot on this show, retiring from the NFL, Corey Davis, mm-hmm. wide receiver, uh, fifth overall draft pick in the 2017 draft to the Titans. Yeah, I mean, Corey Davis, I don't think he ever justified his draft position. Struggled through. No, and that's why I say that draft position, yeah. because that's what I believe of him, too. Unfortunately, I mean, I just... He was a huge guy. You saw a lot of potential out of him. I put picked him up multiple times for a fantasy league, and it was just like, no, this is the year Corey Davis puts it together. <laughs> this is the year. And he's out of the league. We all have one of those. you know. We all have a guy that, like, oh, I think he's going to break. I think he's going to break. Um, Corey Davis sure. has been that guy. But, I mean, if he went to the Jets and then still, even with Aaron Rodgers, is like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Um, I think the writing yeah. was on the wall. He the was Saints. getting outcompeted. Well, the Jets added a lot of yeah, a lot of wide receivers that uh, were on you know, that Rodgers likes. If you, the, if you watched the last episode of Hard Knocks, uh, you know um, uh, Cobb's son is is Aaron Rodgers' great god yeah. child. They're close <laughs> buddies. They're, there's some closeness there that you have to fight through. So yeah, maybe that wasn't gonna work either. Um, all right, so that wraps up the news stuff. We uh, we vape through this yeah it's long enough we've filled the air long enough let's uh give our predictions for the upcoming year we're not gonna do week one week one we're gonna throw that in next week so you have to come back and listen right before a kickoff game the detroit lions going to kansas city to face the chiefs um football hasn't been talked about in kansas city since we were there for the nfl draft we know that they're waiting for this game and it will happen on September the 7th, I believe. Yeah, it's Thursday. That's right, September the 7th. So it's coming up next week, folks. So we will be back right before that. Talk about that. Tonight, we're going to do a little bit of a prediction. We're going to put the crystal ball out there. We're going to decide what we believe uh, between the both of us. You know, we'll give our Super Bowl predictions, our divisional predictions and stuff like that, and uh, maybe a little bit of fantasy help for you as we get started. How about oh, yeah. that? Um, who do you want to, where do you want to start, Dan? AFC, NFC? Well, we are NFC boys. We might as well start there in the NFC, but let's not start in our conference, in our, uh, divisions. Okay. All right. What, West? Let's start West. Go, yes. Go West. Start out West. Um, the NFC West, we, they were a little bit of a disappointment last year. The Rams certainly took a step down. We know what the Cardinals are set up for. There's, There's a little dip into that. We talked about that there. Um, but the Seahawks were a surprise, and the 49ers were one of the better teams of the league, even with uh, Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, as good as the San Francisco defense is, I'm going to start there. I can't see them losing this division again. I still have the Niners taking the West. I do as well. I, I have Seattle still being very good, beating up on the Cardinals, beating up on the Rams. I, I think people that are shitting on the Cardinals – are underestimating how bad this Rams team is going to be. Um, there's sure. not a lot of talent on the Rams. I mean, they've got Matt Stafford, which is going to win them a couple games, but 
Um, yeah, this is a bad Rams team. This is this is a very top-heavy NFC West. I think it's the Niners. I think there's a big separation, the Seahawks, and then there's a huge separation, Cardinals-Rams. Yeah, the Rams, there's a big cloud over the Rams because last year you could throw into a, well, everyone was hurt and all the good players, etc. But to flip that is even bigger of a cloud, I mm-hmm. think. And the last thing I heard, just the last thing, because that's kind of what you go on, is like this thing where Matt Stafford and all these players, yeah. they just jump on their phones after he's having a hard time connecting yeah. with them. That's not what How you do I hear. reach these kids? <laughs> yeah, so if that's what he's dealing with, then um, I think what we're dealing with is a, yeah, a Rams team that's still going to be a little bit behind of uh, – their action here. Um, I agree with you. I think the Cardinals are Cardinals are selling out, saying this just isn't our year. We'll come back on another mm-hmm. year, and that's fine. I think in NFL terms, you almost have to do that sometimes. Um, the Seahawks were a surprise last year. I think they continue to be because I love the moves they made. I mean, you had the surprise uh, gaining of Woolen on that cornerback. And you add Witherspoon this mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't know about Geno Smith. I mean, he's 32. Uh, does he really going to have the same amount of success he had last year? Top uh, 20. At best, yeah, I was going to say, at best, he equals it. And that will be good enough because you add Smith and Jigba and stuff like that. I mean, that's another awesome weapon. So I do like Seattle still, too. I just like the Niners more because that defense is going to be so good. Um, you can play even more to Brock Purdy's strengths after an off season, I guess, with him. Uh, and yeah, and the the front office, the coaching, I mean, all that stuff, so good for the Niners. So the Niners control that. The one caution I would give is the Niners' offensive line got a little worse losing Mike McGlinchey. Um, they didn't okay. really That's have true. a plan to replace him on the right side. Trent Williams is another year older. There is a possibility this 49ers team could get pretty badly injured and you know their depth is not fantastic it's good defensively but Mm -hmm. offensively they don't have great depth um so a couple bad injuries i mean that's the same for every team but um this offensive line does not have excellent depth and if brock purdy loses a guy i think it it hinders his ability to do what he needs to do to be an effective game managing quarterback yeah no you're right the offense would be the weak spot there i mean debo had an off year but if he even if he turns it back on, you need somebody else. And Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. eh, there's some there's some guys there. Um, all right, let's. Uh, well, you want to go on the south? Yeah, let's go south. This is an interesting okay. division to me. Oh heck yeah, it is. This one, this one's a coin flip. I I really think just about any team could win this one. I believe I've got my choice. Um, but I, I I said Niners for the first one. So Dan, who do you have winning this? I one? have the Hotlanta Falcons. Uh, taking the NFC South this year, I th- I do too. Really? I do okay. too. I I had it between two. I think it's the Falcons or maybe the Saints. You have Carr joining, and he's going to throw it around there and stuff. And there's a chance, but for me, Desmond Ritter's been there all last Serviceable. year. Everybody else has new quarterbacks. Yeah, everybody else in this division starting a new guy at least. Um, and he's got a lot of weapons around him on offense. Bijan, Drake so, London, Kyle Pitts. I mean, you got some dudes. There's some bodies there that can do some damage. Um, and he's got a decent offensive Arthur, line. Yeah, maybe Arthur Smith has finally built his team up enough that he's ready to make this run thing. You know, if Bijan is a 
chance rookie of the year stuff like people are thinking, you know, fantasy-wise and stuff like mm-hmm. that, then that's could be enough for the Falcons to get over them in this division. Oh, yeah. in this division. I don't think they're going anywhere <laughs> in the playoffs, that's for sure. Yeah. Um so I think Saints second just cuz of that stuff. I don't I I'm worried about Alvin Kamara and his legal issues and his suspensions and stuff like that, yeah. but other than that I like what the Saints usually roll out and the the you know that that dome is still very hard to play at. Do you have somebody beating out the Saints I, in this division? Not for game? number two. I I think it does go Falcon Saints. Um, my number three, surprisingly, is actually the Carolina Panthers. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be trash. I think the Panthers will I at agree. least be I serviceable. Don't... Yeah, I think those two were down near the bottom, but I think the Panthers are at least trending upwards. I mean, it takes a little bit for your rookie QB to get going, and he's got a lot. Of, there's a lot of new there. Yeah. Well, Tampa's trying to figure out between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, and it seems like Tampa's yeah in a in a bad spot already. And and we don't like the coaching yeah. there. Ryan uh, Jensen out for another year. I mean, you know, yeah. There's that sounds like a lawsuit coming or something. Yeah, they, they just keep losing pieces, you know, to Tampa Bay, and I I just don't think. I, I don't think they're in a position where they're going to be making a push midseason. I don't think they're going to be so much worse than the Carolina Panthers. I think the Panthers are maybe a game or two better, but that's about it. I mean, we're talking like a three, maybe four win Tampa Bay team. Uh, well, here we go. You and me have already picked exactly the same. We're not trying for the to. NFC so far. <laughs> no, no, we've done this separately. Uh, but now we're on to my division mm-hmm. here. I want to do the NFC North. Let's go up north. Uh, I have. Now, I have my Vikings repeating. I have my Vikings repeating. I'm not going to buy into this Lions hype right now. Everybody's hyping the Lions, and I I get it. The Lions finished very hot last year. I get that. But the one thing I also remember is that uh, as bad as the Vikings defense finished last year, the Lions were right there too. They were right there too last year on defense. So I think that's what it comes down to is between these two teams who produced who got better on defense probably i mean more than likely and i think the uh the lions though they added some guys they lost some guys too they moved on from okafor never worked out and things like that we'll see you know another year hutchinson can he be an elite guy i don't know vikings added uh flores they're gonna change up their defense and stuff too and i don't know if that offense takes much of a leap down so I still got my Vikings winning this division. So uh, we recently went grocery shopping, and uh, you know my wife's like, "Is the is the list finished?" And I said, "No, you're missing something. It's going to be a big part of our diets moving forward, and that's kneecaps." So uh, <laughs> I am going with the Lions here. Uh, I I think part of this, and I'm not saying they're going to be way better than the Vikings, but their schedule is more favorable than the Vikings. Sure. They have a more favorable schedule. I think there may be one game better at the end of the season when all is said and done. But I think it's the uh, Detroit you're trying Lions. to soften the blow. But the, <clears throat> no, the Vikings have a murder schedule. But you got to beat the good guys to be a good True. team. Um, I the Lions will be there. I, now the bottom of this division, I flipped a little bit back and forth, kind of between these Packers and Bears. I don't know. There is no way the Green Bay Packers are any better without Aaron Rodgers. No. As old as Aaron Rodgers is, there's no way they're any better than him. It's just can they tread the water or do they get that much worse? And then the Bears. Should get better. We like Mike Everflus. Um, they've added DJ Moore and stuff like that. I mean, they've added some some weapons, so the Bears should get better. 
but did they get enough better? So back and forth, but I remember the Packers were kind of a game and a, a position away from going to the playoffs, and the Bears were the worst team in the league last year. So I don't think it changes that much. So I have the Bears still finishing fourth, Packers third in this division. So we haven't really talked about wild card positions just yet. But uh, no, that's true. I haven't really even given mine out. But go I ahead. actually think it's going to be Detroit winning the division. I think Minnesota is going to get themselves a wild card. I think Detroit and Seattle. Oh, sorry, I think uh, Chicago and Seattle are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. I think the Bears are going to be markedly Ooh. better this year, like eight nine wins. And people have thought that too. We'll see then. Packers um, maybe six or seven. I, they get yeah, they get better, but I don't know they get that much better. Um, we'll do all of those. Let's do all of those seeds. But first, NFC East. Dan, I'll let you start this I, one. I mean, you know what the fuck I'm going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm picking the Cowboys to win the whole thing, 17-0. and 0. Um, <laughs> Not even close, just storming through dudes. We do these predictions, and I don't know why I ask you. Um, <laughs> I've got way more I, homerism in the, my blood than you do. Um, yeah, but I'm going to do what you did to me here in this division. I think it's a two-horse race, but the Eagles take mm-hmm. it, and maybe it's by one or two games again, but I really like the team they built, so I have to put them up pretty high. Um, I do have the Cowboys again as a very good team this year. Um, for me, the the team that drops this year is the Giants. I, don't, I do not think they're in a good situation uh, this season, but... I don't have them as low as the Commanders starting, um, you know, uh, what's his name at quarterback and the new coaching staffs and all that stuff just doesn't seem to be be flowing right now for me. We'll see if they surprise me. So this is going to sound weird. I actually don't have the Eagles at second in the division. Okay. <laughs> and this is not a knock on the Eagles. This is actually more of a I think the Giants are climbing situation. Um, yeah, I have the Giants okay. going number two. I have the Eagles being right there. Like I actually think the Cowboys are going to be two to three games better than the Eagles and Giants, but I think the Eagles and Giants are going to be right there where they're they're actually both going for a wild card. Um, I think they'll okay. be good enough. I think they'll be like nine, ten wins um, for each team because I think these Washington Commanders are going to be fucking terrible. Um, and I think the Washington Commanders are actually going to be going for the number one overall pick next year. Okay, so um, for the seedings here, I had the I had the Eagles getting the number one again. I had the Eagles getting the bye week again, and the Niners getting the two again. I gave my Vikings the three, and the Falcons the four. I think the I think it's pretty obvious that the well for me the South is coming with the, the lowest seed here, and then it's you know who kind of somewhat who gets beat up by it. But I have the Cowboys the fifth seed, the top wild card. They're going to be close to the Eagles, just not get there. Um, I have the Saints as six because I think it's just they'll be able to beat the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the the teams they're playing enough that they'll be a wild card. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks get the last wild card at seven. I do not have the Lions going to the playoffs. I do not have the Giants going to the playoffs. No Packers, etc. Those are my NFC uh, seeders. So I obviously have the Dallas Cowboys at seventeen and zero, being the number one seed. I I do legitimately have them as the number one seed. I think um, the addition of Brandon Cooks 
the solidification of our running game if our offensive line can stay healthy because you know that's all it's all a health game but we have a pretty good offensive line again defense just keeps getting better we keep adding more weapons um i think the cowboys are the number one seed i think they're just a hair again ahead of the 49ers who are in a pretty tough division themselves but have a murderer's row of a schedule i think the san francisco 49ers are number two this is going to surprise you a little bit i actually have the falcons at the three seed because okay. I view the NFC North as super competitive. You know, I think the yeah, NFC North is going to be. be a real slobber knocker, and so nobody's going to really be able to get a big distance. I think the Falcons are probably like a 9 or 10 win team just because of their division, and I think the Lions are probably an 8 or 9 win team, um, and I have them as the 4 seed. That being said, um, I have the Minnesota Vikings um, at the 6th seed. I know I missed the 5th seed. Um, but the fifth seed is going to be, in my mind, the Seahawks. So I have them at, at the fifth seed, and then I have the Giants uh, at number seven, just barely beating out the Bears. Um, so I think it's going to be two yeah. NFC East teams, two NFC West teams, and uh, oh, sorry, uh, yeah, two NFC, yeah, North. and two NFC North. I think the NFC South it's going to be the Falcons and nobody else. And you know, it, it probably should be given how the NFC South has been, but. Uh, yeah, sometimes they get kind of get beat up in there. Yeah. So yeah, I can see it going that way too. All right, well we could do out that seating, but instead let's just hit the AFC. Um, let's start with the West. Let's just go in the same order we did there. Um, we thought this division was going to be so much more challenging <laughs> than it ended up being last year, and so I'm not going to get fooled by it this year. I think the Chiefs take care of business here, and I think they take care of business actually pretty easy. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to give this away, but I think the Chiefs are also the number one seed. <laughs> I think they're just so good. Um, Fine. I'll say that too. Yeah. yeah I'm with you. Chiefs are number one seed. Yeah. I think the Chargers definitely make the playoffs this year. Um, I think they're number two in the AFC West. I do not have the Chargers making really? playoffs this year. No. Let's uh, go on. Well, and then move move on from after the Chargers. I do have them second, though. Mm-hmm. I have them second. I have uh, the Broncos going to be third yep. in this division this year. I do think Sean Payton at least controls it enough. That doesn't get at much off the rails. I trust him more than I do Josh McDaniels and whatever's going on in Vegas and bringing in Garoppolo. And I think the Raiders are setting themselves up for an embarrassment. Yeah, I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a James Bond level of syphilis um, from all of <laughs> all of the Vegas nights that he's going to be spending. So I think the Raiders are also the fourth seed. I have the Broncos at three with a slight improvement. That's not saying that they're going to be great, um, but I think they're probably a seven, uh, maybe eight win team. Uh, Vegas, I think, maybe okay. tapping out at five or six. Okay. All right. So we're around the same. Um, the South. Let's go to the South. And uh, what's kind of surprising here is I think we had a changing of the guards finally yeah. last season. Things are getting clicking in Jacksonville. And I think the Jaguars, though everybody's kind of hot choice here for this division, why would it not be? Everybody else starting a rookie. Yeah. Well, not starting, but probably at some point will be starting a rookie QB. Two of the three are starting. And then the Titans, do we even know who's – is Tannehill going to start Tannehill's the season? Tannehill's going to start the season. So, okay. yeah, I, I also have the Jaguars number one, but I have the Titans number two and tight because they still are a defensive first, run-the-ball team that just tends to put up more wins than you expect them to all the time. Um, I think mm-hmm. they'll be sniffing at a wild card. I don't want to give it away. 
Yeah, I think the Titans, um, because of their coaching, have them at two as well. I really trust Vrabel, and no matter what kind of happens to him this year, I'm like giving him the benefit of the doubt of like, well, he's got no quarterbacks, and unless, you know, uh, the young two guys put it together here, find somebody who can find him a quarterback. Um, From here, I actually have... The Texans making the leap up, finally getting off the, the, the mat because of the Colts, I think, are going to be the team that's going to try to find their footing here. I don't think it's that much more of a difference, but the Texans will be a better team than the Colts this year. I flipped them. Um, I think the Colts are going to be slightly better than the Texans. you got to remember, um, the Houston Te- I know they're both starting a rookie head coach, but the Texans are really devoid of talent. Um, now, there's some guys that, coming off of injury, Derek Stingley, John Mechie, could move that needle a little bit faster than maybe I'm anticipating. But the Colts still have a pretty good offensive line. They have a pretty good defense. And if they can keep Jonathan Taylor and hold on to him and still get production out of him, it lets a guy like Anthony Richardson um, improve, you know, like a rookie season Peyton Manning with Marshall Falk. I'm not, not saying that, you know, Obviously, they're not equivalent to Marshall Falk and Peyton Manning, but it just puts them in a better situation. So I think the Texans probably stay at the bottom of this division but show promise um, where the Indianapolis Colts, you go, okay, maybe Richardson isn't terrible, and then next year they move on from Jonathan Taylor. Okay, perhaps too, perhaps. Um, AFC North. The AFC North could be the toughest division in football this year. Looking at these four teams, I really think, you know, if you told me any of the four actually won this division, I could talk myself into it mm-hmm. almost, but I'm giving it to the Bengals. I think the Bengals might just be one of the better teams. I mean, we talk about how good the Chiefs are and giving them the number one seed. Bengals are probably the one that I trust in the most to knock them off. I think it is a two-horse race, um, a little bit, um. Yeah, I think it's a little bit tighter than it has been in previous years, but I think it is. It's probably Bengals, Ravens, in my mind, and then Steelers, Browns. I, you know, not to get ahead of it, but like they're all within like a game of each other. I, I agree with you. This is going to be tough. The AFC and the NFC North are both going to be very tight tolerance um, divisions. I think you know there's not going to be somebody mm-hmm. that runs away with it. The Bengals' defense has taken a hit back. The Baltimore Ravens have, I think, added a couple pieces offensively that are going to help them. Plus, they've always drafted really well. And I don't think the Bengals have improved their offense or their defense over the past couple years. So they've kind of held pack while the Ravens have marched back into um, adding you know, game changers um, at different positions on the field. Ravens got to keep everyone upright and and healthy. I do think they do better at that this year. Uh, so I, yeah, I have them up there. I have them a second. Um, I really like the Steelers. Yeah. I keep thinking more and more of them, so I have them kind of raising up on here. Probably not a playoff team, but a bubble team maybe. Yeah. And then uh, the Browns are the ones that I could see. You know, this could get ugly. This could get ugly. Um, Stefanski hasn't had a lot of success. It, it's focusing on this like Sean Watson mess that either he comes in and really clicks and plays well or it gets <laughs> even worse yeah. so i have the browns at the bottom for that reason that it's just it's a lot of hurdles to jump through for it to work still nick chubb still a pretty good offensive line still some interesting True. defensive players 
Um, yeah, I think any one of these teams is an injury bug or, you know, whatever the opposite of an injury bug, a, a you know, durability spider. Uh, it's like, is just, if, if somebody in the division starts getting hurt, that could sway this one way or the other. Because Deshaun Watson, I think he'll come back to at least capable this year. He'll come back to a top ten, top 20 play at the quarterback position, which might be all they need with the talent they've got um, in the backfield, especially with a guy like Nick Chubb. Yeah, and then yeah, the, and point. Mike Tomlin just doesn't lose is the thing. So and they might be eight eight and one again, um, but I don't think they're going to be embarrassing. So it's going to be very tight. Uh, and then finally, AFC East, Dan. Uh, I'll let you start this one. What are you thinking? Till someone proves otherwise, the Buffalo Bills are just loaded. Um, they're loaded defensively. Mm-hmm. They're I know I've they've lost a couple defensive starters to free agency with Tremaine Edmonds going to the Bears. One of the reasons why I think the Bears are actually going to get a little better. Um, but until the Jets prove it to me, I'm going to pick Buffalo to be the number one seed. Uh, sorry, not the number one seed, the the top seed of the AFC East. And then I'm going Jets number two. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I, I still like the Bills. I think, yeah, the Bills are the top seed. Um, I have Dolphins still number two just because... I mean, and I can see the Dolphins take steps down. If Tua regresses, if uh, it not doesn't work out there with the coaching and stuff. But I didn't think that's what was happening um, last year. And I thought what we saw you know, at the beginning of the season, early on, playing in Miami is such a positive, you know, it's very hard to get over. So if, as long as you're not, like, really making mistakes, you should be up there. Uh, but I do think the Jets trend up. I think they're a bubble playoff team as well. And uh, obviously, I think I'm with you. The pay, pay, well, I didn't te- you unless you put the Dolphins at the bottom. I have Patriots. I did not. I, I think Miami is too loaded. I, I think it would have been great if Jalen Ramsey had stayed healthy. Um, we're maybe having a different yeah, conversation because that that's a big move that you make and then you don't have him. So um, I think if Jalen Ramsey was healthy, I'd maybe have a conversation with them at the number two. Um, or at two in the division, but I think Miami's three. I think the Patriots, once again, this is a tough division. I don't, I, maybe the Patriots win seven games, um, but if Mac Jones looks good, they're back to this next year. If Mac Jones looks like trash, um, they could always start over again and, you know, be back in the first round next year for a quarterback. Yeah. Okay, so real quick, I'm going to make sure I get my four. All right. Um, while uh, I have the yeah, well, like we both did, I had the Chiefs as the first uh, number one seed. The number two. Who am I missing here? One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. The number two seed I had as the Bills. Is that right? I'm looking at my matchups and I'm trying to figure out. Um. Who, okay. Yeah. They're not my number two. No, because the. T- they're not my number two. I'm sorry. The Bengals are my number two. The Bengals is my number two. My number three is the um, Jaguars. I have the Bills as my number four. I have the Bills getting a little banged up there in that AFC East. I think they drop a couple in division that make them my number four. My first wild card is the Dolphins. Okay. My second wild card, Ravens. Third wild card, Jets. I don't have the Titans. I don't have the Chargers in the playoffs this year. I have, we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs being number one. I actually have the Jacksonville yep. Jaguars at number two. Um, 
Okay. Weaker division. I can see that. You know, going to pick up yep. some wins there. Um, I have at number three um, the Buffalo Bills. And then okay. I have the Cincinnati Bengals at number four. That being said, I have. So we both have the same divisions yeah. in the AFC, but not the same seating. And okay. then I have the Baltimore Ravens sitting there at number five because I think they're going to be right on the Bengals' heels. I have the Tennessee Titans there sitting at number six, and I have the Jets at mm. seven, uh, just making it in with the playoffs. Okay. And Aaron Rodgers, because he is the devil, um, winds up <laughs> defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars in uh, the divisional round or in the wild card round. Ooh. Yeah, so I played out those matchups and stuff too, but just to save us the time, I have it sped up. There's some upsets. Hey, man, your Cowboys make the championship game, but my Super Bowl prediction is a rematch. San Francisco 49ers for Cincinnati Bengals. That is my prediction yeah. for Super Bowl L. We we named this one already. Super Bowl uh, L. Is it L V I I I? Is it? Is this the crazy train? Oh, it might be a crazy train because we it was last year was Super Bowl, uh, whatever it was. We'll find it. We'll we'll name it. Yeah, Super Bowl twenty twenty four. I have 49ers Bengals. What's your prediction, Dan? So I have the Cowboys uh, winning everything, <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Failing. Did you even get to the AFC? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, all doesn't all matter. will fall under the thrall of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I actually do have uh, the Bengals going back. Um, uh, I, I just think steel sharp and steel. I think that division is going to make them, you know, much better. I think yeah. offensively they're one of the more talented teams in the NFL. Buffalo just can never seem to get it done. Um, I so I actually have the Bengals upsetting a few teams, making it to the Super Bowl to, of course, face the Dallas Cowboys, um, which the NFL would cream their jeans to be able to either make the Dallas Cowboys champions again or to crown Joe Burrow as a Super Bowl champion quarterback that they can ride for the next 10 or 15 years of advertising. I think either way the NFL would be ecstatic. Joe Burrow's in Cincinnati. It's a small it's a small market. I don't know if you want well, But he's Joe Burrow. You small market in NFL stay away from small markets. That hurts my But also <laughs> talk about the Kansas no, City right. Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes is transcendent. True. Kansas City's not a big market. That's true. It's helping. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, good point. All right. Well, the, guys, hey, we put our predictions on the line. There they are. They're on tape. So we can't shake this and now. And we've never we been wrong. We can all pretend like it didn't. Yeah, we can all pretend like it didn't happen at the end of the season. So there you go. <laughs> um, oh, real quick, bottom five teams. I, uh, I've i kind of jumped um, the last one a bunch here, but four of the five is pretty easy for me. Cardinals, yep. Colts. Buccaneers, Commanders. The last one right now I'm going to say, for me, it's the Raiders. Those are my bottom five. Yikes. Dan? Um, I have the Cardinals. I have the Rams. I have the Commanders. Mm-hmm. So that's three out of the NFC. Um, yep. And then I have the Raiders, who are going to be, in my mind, a top five team. And then, the Raiders, yep. surprisingly, surprisingly, I think we're talking about the Texans again. I was going to say, yeah, I think the way we were setting it up, you were probably going to say Texans. So, but that means you and me have two, three the yeah. same? Raiders, Colts, and Commanders? Uh, I didn't, I didn't Colts. put the Colts. Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals Raiders, Cardinals, Commanders. Commanders. Yeah. I'd be yeah, shocked if any of those them. teams did anything this year. Um, I just think they're not set up for it. Yeah. All right, and then finally a little bit of fantasy talk. 
me and Dan had our uh, fancy draft already, so we can divulge any information. Dan, any tips? We did. We're doing PPR. We're doing snake draft. All that stuff. I, I've never personally done an auction draft. So I can't tell you how much money to spend on Jamar Chase. Sorry, <laughs> but I don't know, Dan. Um, people to look out for. What do you? Yeah, think? in PPR, you're looking for touches. Um, PPR really does um, push you more towards wide receivers, guys that are just going to get involved in the game. Um, San Francisco options because they both run and catch the ball. That's always helpful. Um, having a wide receiver that you know is a primary target, a Justin Jefferson becomes so much more valuable. A Jamar Chase becomes so much more valuable. Um, teams that split the load in terms of running back carries, you kind of want to stay away from them. Or if you got to pick one, go with the guy who is the goal line vulture because you know, if you have a guy that mainly runs it between the 40s or, you know, between the 30s, um, sure, he's going to get you enough points. But if it's one or two short yardage situations, that could be a six point swing right away. So, you know, look for those vultures, look for the heavy bodied backs. If it's a split running back situation, um, your your drafting becomes very different depending on how many people you actually have in the league. If you're a 12 or 14 man league, it's a little bit tighter. Um, you know, you want to get your starters set up, and then you might want to do a couple Hail, Hail Marys um, in like round 12 and 13, guys that you think could break big um, that you're worried might not be available on the waiver wire if they start to show something. You know, So looking for second-year standouts, rookies, things like that, guys that can help you without necessarily uh, being a high draft pick. Yeah, I'm with you on that, bless you. I'm with you on that, that I think um... – the other thing you gotta look for is the positions and and how many are active each week. Who you need to start? Um, how many tight ends? How many running backs? Etc. I think there's a point where like by round seven or eight, you might not like any of the running backs left, so you better focus earlier on those type of guys. Even if you're a PPR league with wide receivers, um, there was a t- there's a top five in my mind, and it seemed like they were going pretty regularly. If you're doing any like mock drafts. Uh, Justin Jefferson yep. and uh, Jamar Chase, your wide receivers, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, yeah. your running your running backs. I think Travis Kelsey, uh, because he's played the way he is in Kansas City, could go as a tight end. That especially high. PPRs so were like he gets a ton of touches. Yes, especially PPR. right. So he's like almost wide receiver out there, gets enough of those that attention. That yeah, those are the guys. I worry about um, guys like Austin Eckler who have a ton of you know, tread kind of worn off the tires. And even to that same idea, Christian McCaffrey, you know, I would. Oh, sure. These are running backs. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things you do have to be careful, but those are running backs that are in running backs and wide receivers that are in, Hey, I'm the number one guy on my offense. You know, those are the guys yeah, you got to prioritize. Yeah. That's why I think, um, in, in years, I, I named a couple of your Dallas Cowboys pretty high up in my, yeah. uh, when I was ranking there, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, I think us offensive guys, yeah. because the other guys around him have left or have changed, that these should be the comfortable guys in the offense. Yeah. So I'm hoping, yeah, so I thought that those guys might be big and this don't year. sleep on Derrick Henry. He's still a big-bodied running back uh, that is going to get a lot of touches. He, he doesn't get a ton of PPR opportunities, but we were talking about goal line vultures. That is a guy that does not come out at the goal line. You know, that is a guy yeah. that they just run at the defense. So that there's still an opportunity there, maybe somewhere in the third round. 
We should probably warn him about the guy's like Jonathan. Well, you have Jonathan Taylor, uh-huh. and there's a place for Jonathan Taylor, I think, still too. But it's still, he's gonna miss the first four games. He's on the pup list. Um, Dalvin Cook got moved late. Yeah. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott got moved late. There's an opportunity to those guys, you know, though they could be a big part of their those teams' offenses, maybe not right away. Um, suspensions. There's some guys that are suspended due to some some. Uh, you know, even gambling issues. Don't don't take Jameson Williams right now. Yeah, and if any of those things. So do your research yeah. at least on uh, who might not be available for you for the first few weeks because first three, four weeks, you know, if you're 0-4, what's the point? Yeah, you know, exactly. why hold on to these things? So, um, Yeah, anything more on fantasy, Dan? No, just, uh, you know, uh, nothing makes sense. Everything is chaos, and, uh, you know, just yeah, do your best. Fun. It, your first two guys get injured and then the season's over. That's how it works every oh, yeah. year. Um, all right, then. Let's wrap this up, guys. We did a full episode. We got a whole full one coming next week. So come back every week now. This is the beginning of Season 7 of the Push Off Podcast. Only thing that happens from here, real football and chaos. It's exciting. Um, Dan, did you see there was an NFL-released little uh, – stuff for their kickoff stuff and it's uh key and michael key and they're going over the script for the oh, year uh, if you've seen these videos yeah, they're pretty good they're pretty good kirk cousins with his shirt off and a bunch of bling i mean you guys need to enjoy it so watch the take a look at those but anyways um i don't really have a crazy staff for tonight dan but i have a new question for uh, everyone's favorite new segment let's stump dan everybody oh, yeah. all right so that's how we're gonna wrap up the show stump dan all right dan the question for you have for this week is give me the franchises with the most losses over the past 20 seasons. Uh, how many? Who's on this list? Top 10. Top, top 10. 10. I'm going to go Raiders. The Raiders are on this list. They are third place. They are tied for third place with 211 losses. Correct. I'm going to go Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Our first oh, yeah, place on this list, of course That'd they are, terrible. with 222 <laughs> losses. That is the top <laughs> God. of the past 20 oh, years. Oh, this is past 20. Browns. Okay, I thought you said 10. Bro- I was like, oh my God, <laughs> they can't lose. Past 20 seasons, 222. There's a cup. There's some. There's a winless season in there. There's a one-win season in there. That is uh, the crown. Oh, they're they're there. absolute the trash. Um, I'm going to say surprisingly Buccaneers. Yes, the Buccaneers are on here, but they're ninth place yeah. at 187. So you're right. As as far as the last 20 seasons, they just fit in there. I'm going to say New York Jets. The Jets are on this list as well. They're sixth place yeah. with 196. Uh, I'm going to say Washington Commanders. Been pretty junk for a pretty long time. Commanders, team, our words. Yeah. That's right. It all counts. For 198, that's fifth place. Yeah. Okay, so what? Dan, you got one, two, three, four. You got five of the ten. Okay, already. so I'm missing, I'm missing and two. Without missing a one. Well, I have top ten, so technically you're missing five. Okay. Um, you got half I'm going to go Arizona Cardinals. They've been junk for a good long time. Cardinals are tenth. Cardinals are the bottom of this list with 186. That's so to make this list, surprising. you have to have... Yeah, you have to have more than 180. I mean, the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl, I think, in the last 20 yeah. years. So they had some good seasons. Uh, did I say the Lions? Nope. Lions are second yeah. place. Like, how could I have not said the Lions? 216 losses. So now you're dealing with three more teams. It might start getting tricky. I think there's a couple you should get. You said it's the last 20 years. 
of the last 20 years, the most losses for these franchises. And uh, you guys, Dan hasn't missed one yet. Last 20 years, I'm going to go. Did I just jinx them? You might have. <laughs> you might have done it. Yeah. Um, there's only three left, so. 20 years. I don't think there's anybody else in the NFC East. I don't think there's anybody else. Ooh, you know what? Bengals. The Bengals are not ah. on this list. The bad Bengals years must have predated ah, Marvin these. Lewis. I do remember Marvin them. Lewis. But, yeah. Very average. Marvin Lewis. Very average. Let's see. I'm going to go. I already said the Jets. Um, oh, the if it's yep. the last 20 years, I'm going to go Bills. The Bills aren't on really? this list either, though. So the Bills have turned it up here. Um, really productive last five seasons. Since they're, yeah, since the Kelly stuff's gone, yeah. Oh, now now it's confusing me because I'm like, I'm trying to go even further back and it's tough. I'm going to say, like, maybe think more current uh, early draft pick teams. Oh, Carolina. Those guys that are always down there. No, oh, not Carolina. Oh, how could I forget the Houston Texans? There you go. Houston Texans have seventh place, though. 195. So currently, Dan, there's only two teams that aren't on that you haven't picked yet. Uh, eighth place and third place, a team tied with the Raiders with 211 losses. Uh, could it be the Rams? The Rams are the eighth place team with 190 losses. So you have gotten them all except for the one team in the, tied in third place with the Raiders. Again, a team that, again, is picked... Top five draft a lot. Uh, I'm uh, the Chargers have been really good for a while now. They were bad there for a long time. I don't. Let's see. Top five. You're trying to give it away. Trying to give it away. Who's number three? What am I thinking? <laughs> Jaguars, of course. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, the oh, Jaguars. How could I forget Jaguar news? We've been so high on them recently. <laughs> We've been so high on them, you know, haven't we? But they are third place of the last twenty we seasons. Got 10, so there you I go. Got two Real quick here. Uh, yeah, you technically you you threw in what the Bengals yeah. and the, the uh, Bengals and the Bills in there. Uh, Bills, yeah. yeah. But uh, the top ten list for the most franchise losses in the last twenty seasons. These are this is the team, the franchises, and the fans that have suffered through the last uh, twenty two decades. Hey, you know who wasn't on those the most? Lists? The Browns. Well, we'll start at the bottom. The Cardinals at ten. Buccaneers at nine, the Rams at eight, the Texans at seven, the Jets are six, those Commanders and all their other names are fifth, Jaguars and Raiders, we'll give them tied at third, Lions second place, but your Cleveland Browns are the worst. I didn't hear no Cowboys or Vikings, so I'll I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Nope, nope, we are just good enough for that heartbreak, so take, <laughs> just, take what you yeah, will. Good enough to hurt us. That's all, all yeah. that matters. That's what I got. That's what I got for this week, Dan. Please uh, give the people and uh, our listeners parting words of wisdom. As tough as cut down day is for a lot of these people, uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Even though about 30 men lost their jobs on every team in the NFL today, and maybe only 15, 16, maybe maximum 20 are going to get another opportunity this year, uh, it still is a... It's an interesting thing to watch people pursue their dream and get as close as they can. Um, and a dream pursued, uh, that's a life well lived. So congratulations to even everybody that got cut from an NFL team. You got closer than I ever fucking will. So good for you. That's a good point. That's the uh, the, the glass half full, the silver lining look. So 
a good thing to, to think about here in this time. So thank you guys so much for listening through this whole episode of the Push Off Podcast. We'll be back next week for our look into week one on the kickoff of the 2023 NFL season. I am Scott. This is Dan. We got one more week to get through, you guys. We're going to do it. Right, we'll see you then. Goodbye.